Well, it's probably the only church or chapel I go to where half the, or a third of the congregation walk out just before I get on the platform. But isn't it wonderful? It's really wonderful, you know, to think so many children here. I'm so pleased to be here, and we're going to sing a hymn, and I, I never... Um, uh, do you know what the hymn is, please? Can you put it up? Because I forgot to write it out. There's a sound on the wind. Do you know it? Yeah. Good. Shall we sing it? I'm going to speak this morning about heaven. And uh, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And time you go, I hope, you'll know where you're going. And the question I want to start with today is, are you going to heaven? Yes. Yes. Don't all answer out loud, but you can. Of course you can. But if you're not sure, you listen. You listen what God says. Let's sing this then. Um, can we please? There's a sound on the wind. Lovely. Now to myself. As we were singing that chorus, there'll be no more sadness on the other side. I am so glad because I looked at some of you there this then, and you did look sad. You look so solemn. I know you might have the tax bill tomorrow morning or something like that, but... Come on, heaven's children. The city is in sight. I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus said. That where I am, there you can be also. Aren't you thrilled about it? Come on then. Keep going. Listen to this reading of a description of heaven. Oh my, the wealth and the... And the supper that doesn't say the size on this. I've forgotten her name. I'm ever so sorry. Okay. Valerie, come up, come up and speak it out loud and clear. You listen to this. You just get a grip of heaven. Revelation chapter 21, verse 15. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide and as high as it is long. He measured its wall And it was 144 cubits thick by man's measurement, which the angel was using. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire. The third, chalcedony. The fourth, emerald. The fifth, sardonyx. The sixth, carnelian. The seventh, chrysolite. The eighth, beryl. The ninth, (coughs) topaz. The tenth, chrysophrase. The eleventh, jacinth. And the twelfth, amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of pure gold, 
like transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Well, isn't that amazing? I haven't read that for a long time, but just this week I read it again. Absolutely amazing, isn't it? But at the end, there's a but. Only those whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life will enter. I always remember that little song that we used to sing, or somebody used to sing. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. I can't think of the other lines, but I remember that as clear as daylight. It's a very, very old one. Is your name written down in glory? Only you can answer that yourself where you sit here this morning in this comfort and warm and a lovely, comfort, comfortable seat. And I feel with urgency this morning to encourage every one of us to know with assurance by God's word that we are accepted. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is our Savior. He loved us in spite of what we are. And he still goes on loving us. God is love. And he loves you. And I want to tell you this morning, and I want to encourage you, but I want to challenge you. I believe I should. And if you feel very uncomfortable and you have to walk out, I understand. Because the devil doesn't want us to talk about heaven. He wants to talk about all the problems of this earth. All the problems that you have. All your aches and crakes and all your pains. That's just what he wants. He wants you to enjoy all those pains and the worries and the stress of life. Not to look forward to God's coming and his glory in heaven. This is what we look forward to. I'm nearer than some of you. Some of people are nearer than others. But we do not know. We don't know from day to day when God's going to call us. I'm ready to go, but I'm afraid I'm enjoying life at the moment a little bit too much to want to go yet. But I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? Let me just start with my notes now. Um, (laughs) I've got the title, Are You Going to Heaven? You might say, Partridge, don't keep on, but I'm going to. John 
1 that says this. John 1 chapter 5 verse 13. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, which is Jesus, so that you might know that you have eternal life. He wants us to know that we have eternal life. I meet so many people and I talk about God and I talk about heaven. I hope so. I hope so. I met a lady one day. It wasn't, I'm going to take my coat off. I'm going to start working now. A lady one day in a chapel, a long way from here, and she was sat at the back seat. And she'd been going to that chapel. She told me, I've been coming here for 66 years. Oh, I said, that's wonderful. I said, well, one day I'll meet you in heaven. Well, I hope so, she said. And she didn't know the way of salvation. Now, you might have been coming here 20 years, 2 years, 5 years, 5 minutes. Might be your first time. But do you know? God wants us to know so that you might know you have eternal life. And the message says these words. My purpose in writing is simply this. That you who believe in God's Son will know. Will know. Eternal will know beyond the shadow of doubt that you have eternal life. You say you're keeping on, Partridge. Do you know without a shadow of doubt? One or two just. I know without a shadow of doubt based on God's word. Without a shadow of doubt. I'm going to experience that heaven that was mentioned just now. And I'm just going to tell you this. I don't want to... One day, we we afforded to go to... Where was it? Oh, Russia. Oh, I forgot the name. What's a big place out in Russia? St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg. Thank you. You're usually a prop. St. Petersburg. And we went in some one of these big castles... And it was absolutely amazing. And I walked around, and then we came to a room that was a gold room. Is it, have you ever seen it? Anybody else ever seen it? I tell you what, if you can go get and see this room, everything, not very big, everything was gold, laid with gold. Do you know what? My heart pulsated so fast, I couldn't believe it. It was so amazing. And yet heaven is going to have streets like that. Pure gold. Man can make a room so beautiful. And it's a wow situation. You've heard of that, have you? Everybody's on this wow job. It was wow. Look at that. What heaven's going to be like? That's what it's going to be like. Beyond a shadow of doubt that you have eternal life. The reality is not an illusion. It's not an illusion that you may know that you have eternal life. Now I'm going to just tell you a little story, or read you a little story, which I came across, and it touched my heart. And the title is, That You May Know That You Have... I'll make sure I take the, next, the other glass. Did you notice I went to the right and you went to the left? I'm only joking. You, you're a bit slow here today, aren't you? <laughs> that you may know that you have eternal life. 
Listen to this. When a 10-year-old mother's mother, when a 10-year-old Mary's mother died, she became mother of the house, caring for her father who worked a night shift at the local mine. One evening as she was packing his lunch, she slipped a gospel booklet inside. This is a true story. Hoping he'd find comfort after the loss of his wife. Suddenly, at 1 a.m., an emergency whistle sounded, telling the townspeople that the miners had been caught in a collapsed mine. Emergency workers worked through the night and finally broke through to the small cavern where they found the miners. Sadly, it was too late. All eight men had suffocated, including Mary's father. The rescuers were devastated. As they surveyed the scene, they noticed that the men had died seated in a circle. Looking closer, they discovered that Mary's father was sitting with a small booklet in his lap. Open to the last page where the plain plan of salvation was explained. And on that page he had written a special message to his daughter. My dear Mary, by the time you'll find this, I'll be with your mother. I read your little booklet several times. To the others, while we were waiting to be rescued, our hope is fading for this life, but not for the next. We did as the book told us to pray. I love you, and one day we'll be together in heaven. Are you going to heaven? Do you know for sure? You can. These things I have written, Jesus said, that you may know that you have eternal life. That touches my heart. That's a true story. There's two ways to look at that. One way, are we prepared to give, say, a little booklet to somebody that doesn't know the way of salvation? Or are we willing to speak just a word for Jesus to tell what he's doing for you? How often do you do it and when was the last time you did it? Eternal life in heaven. The gentleman called Stephen Hawkins, which several of us might know the name of, once said that he dismissed the idea of heaven and he spoke to the Guardian newspaper. He said, I regard the brain as a computer which will stop working when, it, when the computer fails. There is no heaven or an afterlife for broken down computers. And do you remember the Beatles? John Lennon sang, Imagine there's no heaven. But Billy Graham said this, people who are motivated by heaven are also people motivated to make a positive difference to this world. Are you making a difference to this world? I remember a little song that we used to sing at Youth Club years ago. We don't sing it now, we, you might do it down here. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Where is your treasures? 
Are you just realizing that this way of life is not our home? That we've got better things to come? If we know Christ is our personal savior. 80% of Americans believe that life does not end in the grave. Twice in the Bible, it says this. A fool is somebody who says there is no God. And it says it twice in the Bible. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. I want to just read another one. (coughs) This is not so emotional as this. A police officer pulled over a distinguished looking woman, the story goes, and asked why she exceeded the speed limit. And the dear old gentleman beside her, sitting as a passenger, laughed and, and said, Well, young man, we were speeding to get to the place before we forgot where we were going. <laughs> where are you going is important, isn't it? Where are you going? Equally important are those who are following us. Because they're on the same journey, you know. They don't just um, realize it yet. The older generation may have a hard time keeping up with the younger ones. But let's remember that as long as we are still breathing, we are leading the way. The generations that follow are learning about growing old from us. Are we good examples? Now listen to what Jesus says about heaven. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Don't forget what the Bible says. Believe in God, but believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many rooms. What does he say? I go to prepare a place for you. Then he says to the disciples, and I will come back and get you one day. Are you ready when he comes back? I knew years ago, and I won't bore it because I've said it here before. When I was nine years old, a few years ago now, 50 anyway, might be 60. <laughs> Not quite simply. I knew I wasn't ready. And that played on me on a Wednesday night. And I realized that I wasn't ready to meet my Savior. And I remember getting down beside my bed. And praying and asking Jesus into my life. It's a simple childlike faith. And unless you had that simple childlike faith. I'm going to say, my friend, that you're not on the way to heaven. We've got to come as little children. The Bible tells us. And accept what Jesus has done. Let me carry on. What joy to be able to say, do not let your hearts be troubled. And that's what I want to tell you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Because Jesus has gone before us. And he goes on to say, trust in God, trust also in me. Billy Graham would say this. 
Heaven is far more glorious than anything we can imagine. Heaven is like the most perfect and beautiful place that we can conceive. Only more so. Charles Stanley writes, Our entrance into heaven has nothing to do with how good we are. I see a lot of you over the years I've been coming here, and you've probably been coming here 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It's nothing to do with that. What matters is how good God is and Jesus. And what we did, what he's done for us. And have we accepted that? It's as simple as that. It's so simple that I know generations have missed it. And I went to a funeral this week of a non-Christian. And yet the people up the front gave a false impression that everybody's going to heaven. Whatever they've done. Without accepting forgiveness from Jesus. I couldn't believe it. And I, and I said, Lord, shall I go up and tackle them? And I thought, no, I won't. I won't. I should have. Not far from here, are they? Not far from here. Before we, just that, that way, back there in, in a lovely place. I couldn't believe it. That falseness. I am telling you what the Bible says. That you must be born again. You must. Otherwise you'll never go to heaven. Let me go on a bit more. The throne of heaven. Heaven. Holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Who was and is and is to come. And then it goes on to what we've already done. Read. The wars. How they're made. Go and read it again. Write it down before. Make an effort to get the scripture reading. It's Revelations chapter 15 verses, uh, chapter 21, verse 15 to 27. Read it again in your quietness. And read it in a modern translation. And you get excited of what heaven's like. There was 12 gates. I'm going to move on. No, and the Corinthians says this. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. God, what a word. No eye, no ear, no mind has even thought anywhere near what God has prepared for you as a believer and me as a believer. And your friend next to you, if they're not believers, that's what God wants you to enjoy. He doesn't want to keep anybody out of heaven. And another thing in heaven, there'll be crowns. James speaks of the crowns of life. Timothy, the crowns of righteousness. Peter, the crown of glory. Promise to those who love him and remain steadfast under trials and stood the test, the reward For faithful perseverance. That dear hymn that I love. Cast our crowns before him. Lost in wonder, love and praise. Eternal life. What it's all abundant blessing. With it's all abundant blessing. Heaven is glorious. Heaven is perfect. Heaven 
is joyous. Heaven is active. And heaven is certain. I remember another little holiday I had. It was in Jamaica. My wife likes the sun and I like the cool. So the first holiday was for myself and this is for my wife. In Jamaica. And do you know the taxis and everything, the uh, privately owned cars have got stickers on. Some right across the back of their bumpers, some on the front, some on the back. And this particular one went past me and he had the big words on the back. Jesus is coming again. God. What a testament. How many Christians would do that in our country? They've got a little tiny fish. And it can mean, I've seen fish with legs. And that's what the atheists, evolutionists want us to believe. That it's dark off with legs. But it means a Christian, doesn't it? That's what we do. How many of us would put, Jesus is coming again? He is coming again, the Bible tells us. You listen to this. Where we were constantly, we are constantly reminded of his second coming. Jesus' return is not a speculation. The New Testament refers to it over three hundred times. So it must be important that we know that Jesus is coming again. The Lord made a promise, and He will keep it. I will come again and take you. Words of Jesus. Someone said, if you're not ready to fly, get your ticket fast. What a warning. They are free as long as they are available. It's not a ticket, I know. But it's available to you now. While you're still drawing breath. While you've still got your brain... (coughs) Why you still got the facilities to understand it's available to you today. And I pray and I've prayed that nobody goes out of that door or out of this door that do not know for sure that they're going to heaven. I'm nearly there. Psalm 23. I love David. I've seen to have a a link with David, really, when you think he used to look after the sheep, and that's what I do. Uh, although I'm not a real good shepherd, I love my sheep. But David was a good shepherd. And he says in the last verse of Psalm 23, And I will dwell in the house... How long? Ten weeks? Ten weeks? How long? Forever! Forever! And he knew that with assurance. And I want every one of us here, from the youngest to the oldest today, to be absent from the front seat to the back seat. Absolutely sure that you can say with David, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that wonderful? You'll go out with a different feeling this afternoon. No, nearly this afternoon, isn't it? You'll go out in a different feeling. When you know for sure that Jesus is your saviour. Heaven is our home. Heaven is our hope. Heaven is our future. Heaven is glorious. Heaven is perfect. The lamb is the light. God is perfect. Now it comes to something very, very serious. There is no sin in heaven. 
If I was a schoolmaster, I'd make you say it. There is no sin in heaven. As clear as that. Have you got it? No sin. Now then. Don't let the only thing that can keep you from heaven keep you from heaven. And that is sin. Your sin. Not somebody else's. Your sin. God is absolutely pure. And even one sin would banish you from heaven, from God's presence for eternity. You got it? But then, it's forever hell. And there is no retrieve. Once you're dead, there's no chance of a second opportunity. Now is the day. Now is the day of salvation. While you know and you hear and you understand exactly what God is saying. Jesus can save you. The blood of Jesus, God's son, purifies us from all sin. The blood of Jesus shed on that cross of Calvary for you and for me. Have you ever asked him to be your savior? Have you ever thanked him for dying for you on that cross? <coughs> Make sure today, please. It's pointless me coming here and telling you this. If everybody goes out and they do nothing. I think I will. I'm going to stand at the door. And I'm going to shake hands with you. And if you're sure, say, I'll see you in glory, Robert. If you're not sure, I'll ask you. So you better go out that way. <laughs> I'll watch. I'll watch to see who goes out that way. No, no. You know, it, you've got to have that challenge. I'm sure we need a challenge. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you listening. I do. And forgive me if I spoke straight, but I need to. Because one day I'll be in heaven. And if you're in hell, you won't be going to shout up and say, Partridge, you never told me. You never told me. Get right with God today. Get on your knees wherever you are. I'll come and kneel beside you and pray with you and ask Jesus to be your saviour. He wants to be. He died for you to set you free. And the only currency of salvation is his precious blood. Not money, not years. The currency of salvation is the blood of Jesus Christ our Son. That cleanses us from all sin. Have you got it? Just nod if you have. Good. Some of you haven't. But if you haven't got it, get it. Let's sing. I don't know what the last hymn is.